Thank you for tuning in to the Broke Boy Podcast. As you know, we work hard to bring you informative and entertaining content every week. We love doing it, but it takes a lot of time and effort to produce. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to support us, there's a way you can do that. We've set up a Buy Me a Coffee page where you can make a small donation to help us keep the show going. Whether it's the price of a cup of coffee or a little more, every contribution helps us continue to produce quality content for you guys. If you're enjoying the podcast and you'd like to show your support, head on over to our Buy Me a Coffee page. You can find the link in the description of this episode or on our website. We appreciate your support and we'll see you next week. Welcome back to the Broke Boy Podcast. Today's guest is a personal development coach, a personal development strategist, an entrepreneur, an alchemist, and an adventurist. He also has a book out. Uh, let me actually just double check to see what that book was. Oh, his book is called Becoming Unwaverly Confident. Go ahead and check it out. I will put the link down in the description. Please welcome Cody Decay. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. How's it going today, Marco? Pretty good about you. Good, thank you. I think we're doing a lot better today. My Wi-Fi went from like 10 megabytes to over like 40, so I think we're going to do a lot better today. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Let's see, it's going to fix. Oh, let's see. Because I haven't used uh, Zoom in a bit, and so right now it just shows me at the top. Oh, God. Um, um, on the top right-hand side, mm-hmm. you click View, and then um, you can click whatever you want in terms of, like, I I like using Speaker View, um, but then there's also Gallery, which is fine. The only thing, I'm not too sure if you've noticed, but if you use Gallery View when you're mm-hmm. recording a podcast, the video file is like you and I at the exact same time. Whereas like, that's what I used to do, but I actually much prefer this style, like speaker view, kind of like mm-hmm. how you recorded our first one, because mm-hmm. there, the, the video is going to alternate between you speaking and then if I'm speaking. So it's kind of like, it just looks better for, for social media. Um, what I've noticed. Yeah, that's why I. Oh, there we go. I was just trying to because for some reason I don't know what I clicked. Now it only shows me in the big screen and you like very small in the top right corner, and I don't know what I did. Oh, well, maybe. It, oh, oh try, go. try clicking on the view again. Uh, I got it. It had okay. it. There's a button right here that just said remove pin. Okay. There. There we go. So, yeah, I, I think I'm good now. We, but yeah, I decided to finally get the full version of a uh, Zoom because you know I used a bunch of other ones, but um, I decided I'll do Zoom. Yes, I'll be paying. It was like twelve a month. I'm like, well, if I can do more than thirty minutes, which was our last problem, yeah, then 
I'll go for it. Yeah, exactly. Especially in, in this day and age, how everything has, has virtually gone online. Like you need a reliable platform. So, you know, everybody's going to a, a paid subscription model. So it really just comes mm-hmm. down to which one do you want? You know? Yeah. Because it's, uh, like I said, I've used Microsoft Teams, Google Me, uh, Riverside, and I'm like, well, Zoom. Everyone uses Zoom. You don't really have to have. You don't have to ha- sign into anything. And I know when sometimes I do Google Meet, um, it's, you would have to sign in to Google. Like if you have a Google account, you had to sign in, and yeah, that caused a lot of problems with some people either not using Gmail in a very long time or just their, just their accounts just being weird. And so I'm like, I'll stick with zoom because it does the same format that Google meet does. And, and I can do other stuff. So I'm like, I'll just do zoom plain and simple. Everyone uses it. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Amazing, man. So yeah, so it's been a while since since we last did our first podcast. What's what's new since uh, we we last spoke? Honestly, I mean, with the whole like, let's say like with the the real estate license, I'm still I failed the test three times. I'm still trying to pass. I just keep studying with that. I mean, the podcast I've I felt like it's grown. I mean, I'm still trying to get some nicks here and there, but I feel like it's I've been getting it a little bit better now. Um, same with like the guest I've actually now have, I call her an assist, my assistant. I mean, I just have someone that can get guests while obviously I'm busy. Cause I mean, if I don't have anything planned for the week and I'm like, well, sometimes I don't really know what to talk about. And I'm like, well, and I'm, if I'm super busy, like I come back from work and I study and I'm just tired. I don't really feel like trying to get find guests. I'm like, I'm tired. I don't have the energy. And I'm like, well, if I have someone help me out on that, that'll help me out much, much better. Especially I can get people from her side that, you know, can get people from her family members or friends or something and yeah, do it that way. And yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's the one, like it's most foundational part of, whether it's a business or it's podcasting, it's mm-hmm. you know, finding leads. And um, so many people underestimate the importance in that. And this is a big lesson that I learned when I first started my podcast and when I first started my coaching business mm-hmm. was I tried to make everything fancy, you know, try to automate everything, try to make everything look super fancy, super professional. And then what I started realizing is that like, don't need a website. You don't need all of these fancy tools. Like at the core of what a business is, like a business is money in. So as long as you can get money in, that's all businesses. And then eventually you can start creating these more complex systems that, mm-hmm. that make your life a lot easier. But yeah, that's, that, that's something that I feel like most entrepreneurs overlook when they're first starting something is literally keeping things as cheap and as simple as possible. Um, until you actually have revenue coming in and then when you have revenue coming in, then you can start systemizing everything because mm-hmm. that's how it was with me when uh when i first started the podcast i'm like oh do this i want to get these cameras i want to get these fancy ass mics i want to get the studio lights i want this i want that and i'm like i gotta slow down i'm like i haven't 
I make a penny a play. Like I need to slow down. I'm not making five grand every episode. I'm making anywhere from like a penny to five cents uh, an episode. Like I got to slow down. And I mean, yeah, I mean, getting zoom, it's something, um, yeah, getting a better mic is something, but like right now, I mean, I can't get people to, to bring them over here and do have a better audio that way. Cause I don't have the funds for that yet. I don't have a bunch of other stuff yet. Like I'm like, okay, gotta slow down, do what you can do right now. Work with you with, with what you can. So then when you have the, the revenue coming in, then you can start saying, now I can start uh, paying people to help me out with everything. I can finally start getting everything that I need to. To And same with when I get into real estate, being a real estate agent, that'll be the same thing. I can't just go balls deep. I'm like, I've got to slow down. you got to don't spend wildly amount of money yet because you're not there yet. And yeah, yeah, that's kind of with everything. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, and that's why it, it, it's such a big mind frame shift from, you know, especially people who are exiting the traditional nine to five life. And then people who are jumping into the entrepreneurial um, side of life, like they, they're completely different, um, but on the same spectrum. Like I kind of see it as like hot and cold, like hot and cold are the exact same thing. They're temperature, but they're, on each end of the spectrum mm-hmm. because on the one side you have a job where you know, yeah, you have the money coming in no matter what. So you can kind of like predict, you know, when you get, when you're going to get money in, but when you have a business or you have a podcast or you're doing, or when you're doing anything that you are in charge of it, you have to like really limit yourself and be like, okay, well I need to make sure that I have the money coming in before that I can start spending all of this. And I, I don't think any of us are perfect. Like sometimes I'm, you know, browsing Amazon and looking at all of these fancy gadgets. I'm like, oh, that would be really nice. That would be really nice. Mm-hmm. But if you really break it down, like to run most businesses, like all you need is a phone and a laptop. Yeah, right. And basically like, like even at that, like the, the laptop just makes it, makes it a lot easier, but really like a phone nowadays is all you need to make money. Um, and, and anything above that is, is just an extra, like, especially for a podcast, my one mentor, she does her podcast with her phone on the, on the recording app with, um, AirPods. That's it. And she has a really good podcast, but she just keeps it dead simple. You know what I mean? So like that's, that, 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 that to me is a good example of like how simply you can do things because you see people nowadays and they get like a $10,000 production, like, all the fancy DSLR cameras, um, really high-end microphones, and then they invest all of this money and then it fails. And I feel like that's one of the biggest lessons in businesses. You never really know if something is going to be successful until you actually try it. Mm -hmm. And that's why keeping your investment as low as possible is very important if you want to mitigate a bit of that risk. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's why when I... I mean, like I said, when I wanted to do everything, I'm like, hey, you know, you're not making the money to get this back. Like, yes, I'm working my own job, but that's for bills and uh, and other things. That's not for this. So it's like, this is your own revenue. If you're not making anything, don't go out spending a good chunk of your paycheck to make everything fancy and then 
a year in, you're still only, you know, maybe getting paid a dollar a month. It's like, you know, slow down. And I mean, and even like with how you said with now you just need a phone, like YouTube, a lot of people that start off on YouTube, because of how good phones have gotten with the cameras, all you need is your phone. You just oh, yeah. use your phone if you want to do like a day in the life, like a vlog style type of thing, whatever. You literally use your phone and you can probably use some sort of editing app and upload it from there. And there you go. And that's it. Yeah, simplicity is so important. Like when I look into my my content analytics on what posts do the best, which ones do the worst, mm-hmm. my best performing content is usually the simplest least edited content and all of it is shot through my phone. So it really goes to show that you can film a simple, raw, authentic video and it can go viral, but then you can spend a lot of time and money into this very fancy video, but it completely flops. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really just keeping things as simple as possible. But I also find that people nowadays, they want to see raw. They want to see authentic Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, Instagram and all these platforms had a tendency to always hyper glamorize people's lives. And I feel like people are just craving that human connection. And mm-hmm. you can only get that if you're doing raw day in the lives or other forms of a content. That's why with like my podcast that I've listened. I mean, yeah, the high, the higher end production type of podcasts, you know, you know, they have their own editing, whatever, but I like just, I step in. Yeah, I, I put on music in the beginning, do the introduction, and then just step in. That's the most editing I do. I don't do a bunch of cuts. I don't do this. I don't do that. I'm like, people, a lot of people, you know, especially on a podcast, they kind of just want it raw. They want it just people talking. They don't want any, like, any fancy. I mean, yeah, fancy as edits are cool, but if you're watching it on YouTube, if you're listening to it, it's just, the conversation you just want to hear people speak and i mean that same with like vlogging a lot of people like me when if i'm watching a vlog i like it when it feels like i'm there not like oh it seems like it's scripted and it doesn't really feel like that's their true day in the life because it just feels like okay let me record this video let me put this plant here like how it's like maybe it'll look good in the video and then let me write a script let me do this like no do a true day and then it's like oh that's that feels that feels true and that doesn't feel scripted and that's why with like with again um, and the, the whole being a real estate agent, I watch a lot of day in the lives, but from smaller YouTubers, so I'm like, I want to see a true one. Nah, I mean, yes, I'll see higher end production types. I'm like, I want to see a true one, like one that I see and be like, oh, cause that's a, a true day. It doesn't look as fancy as what these bigger people are doing. That's a true day of what I can probably experience being in the business for a good couple of months. And I'm like, that's what I like compared to you know, sometimes just higher production end. Cause I'm like, yeah, that looks cool, but I don't know. Just uh, doesn't really yeah. seem. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it is just human nature. Like humans think that complexity um, is idealistic when in reality, it oftentimes simplicity is a lot more efficient. Like, you know, anybody can make something very complicated, mm-hmm. but 
only people that truly know what they're doing and what they're talking about can make something simple. It's like explain, like take a, something that, you know, like for example, me, I'm very knowledgeable in mechanics. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for people to over, um, to over indulge in a certain topic, but in, in order for you to be able to break it down and explain it to like a third grader, you have to really know what you're talking about. And that goes into all aspects of life is that if you're able to like break whatever you're doing, whether it's a um, content production or whatever, if you can simplify it and make it as streamlined, as easy, as simple as possible, that is what people should be targeting towards not making everything as complicated as possible. Mm-hmm. And th- that's why when, I mean, I struggle with it too, but that's why when people ask you, either like so so what do you do or tell me about yourself and people will make it as complicated to understand you it's like just tell me what you do like you don't have to go into full detail and same with just i mean like i said i struggle with that i mean if someone tells me you know tell me about yourself i i make it as complicated as possible to to tell people about myself and i've seen others and they're like they do it nice and simple i'm like well that works. That's that was five seconds, and I made that into five minutes. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, what 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 I find with that a lot of times is um, a lot of self reflection. Like you know, when somebody does a lot of self reflection, when they're able to like simplify things as easily as possible. Um, because like if you were to go up to somebody who has never done any self reflection is in in his entire life you know, somebody will just blabber and on and on and on and on and on um, without really coming to an end point. But then somebody who has had a chance to reflect on their life and on their stories and like who they are and what they do, then they're able to like condense it into the most articulate and short statement as possible. And I find that, that that's something that I genuinely think that most people don't do and what they people should be doing is taking time to reflect on their life because everybody is so forward moving with technology and their phones. And if people do reflect, it's on the, the negative things on like what happened to them and all of these negative things. And um, I feel like we need to be able to look back objectively at our past and learn from our experiences um, and see how we can carry that into the present moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like how you said with the whole, you know, when we reflect ourselves, it's all negative. I mean, everyone, everyone's guilty of that. Not, not, not just, you know, to only people like everyone's, everyone finds a negative in themselves. Everyone. And some people, as sad as it is, it's so embedded in them that that's true to them. So they don't find, they can't, to them, it's almost impossible to find anything positive. They may do something positive. Like, let's say they, they pass their school test, their math test, because they, you know, they they finally were able to do it. They don't, they they don't congratulate themselves. Like, oh, you got lucky. Just, but just know you still suck at math. You just got lucky. And yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's sad. It's it's it really is. sad just to see people like that. And I'm like, you know, like, enjoy the positives. Yes, you have the negatives, but also enjoy the positives because you'll start realizing the more you start 
seeing the positive, enjoying the positives, you'll start becoming happier because you're so focused on the negatives. And that's that's why a lot of people are so miserable with their lives because they just see their negatives and say, well, that's how my life is. That's how I am. So can't do anything yeah. about that. It's like, no, focus on the positives. Oh, you had a great day today? Good. Embrace that day because just know you'll have days like you'll have other days like that. Don't just think uh, it was a great day, but that's, that's something's off because it's a, it's a good day. So tomorrow should be bad now. It's like, no, you've no, like, I, I don't know. It's as sad as it is. I mean, I don't, I don't like seeing people do that. Yeah, no, like same here. A lot of it is just you like their perception of life. Like to me, life is, uh, is objective. It's not good or bad. Like the only time something becomes good or bad, positive or negative is when we put our own perspective on it or our own, our own perception on it rather. Like I, 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 I actually talked about this in my, in my new ebook that I just wrote. And it was, it was exactly what you just said. It's some people can have something good happen to them, but because their perception is pessimistic, they'd be like, Oh, it was just luck. Like it was like a one-off, a one-off good thing. But what people don't realize is you can flip that, but it takes, it takes effort. It takes focus. Now the one exercise that has literally changed my perception going from becoming a pessimist to an optimist was forcing myself to write down five to 10 wins every single day. Like, Mm -hmm. even if I had a shit of a day, like it was horrible. Like I didn't think anything good happened from it. I first lowered my expectation of what a win is down to the point where it's like, if I brushed my teeth or if I went for a shower, that was a win. So what I did was, okay, well, I grabbed a a pen and paper and I wrote down, okay, well, I I took a shower today. I brushed my teeth twice today. That was a win. Um, I went to bed on time. And then you look and you're like, shit, I came up with like 10 things. That's Mm -hmm. not bad. And then you do that the next day. And then you have another 10. And And then on and on and on. And then you look back a month later. And then you start seeing yourself as a winner because now you can visually see that you're winning. You're winning 10 times a day, five times a day, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that, that that has had such a profound impact on my life. It's just being able to lower your expectation of what a win is for, you, for yourself and write at least five every single day. I have heard people uh, say that. And I was thinking, I haven't yet, but I have been thinking about it for a while of start writing not just like once a week, like every day, like, like how you said, five to 10 things, positive, like just like I said, wins that you've done. Like, oh, you made the bed today. Good. You got up and actually made the bed. Like that, that's yeah. a good thing. Yes. You may have gone into car crash today. Yes. That's, that's, it can be very stressful, but just know, Hey, you, yes. You go in the next day and say, well, I mean, yes, I don't have a car right now, but I, I, I still woke up still trying to push forward. I still, I, you know, I, I, I brushed my teeth. I showered. I did this. I was like, you gotta, cause with me, what, kind of what I started doing was when I was just in, not in the best 
mindset. Uh, not only obviously decided to start listening to uh, podcasts and everything, but I'll start getting into audiobooks because I, I I was never a person that would also listen to audiobooks, and then I just listened to some that were that were okay. Um, but then this new one that I listened to, I forgot what the title was, but it he he talks about kind of like what you said, and one of them that sticks to me that. I try to do, he abbreviates it and it's, it's called, you know, did you take your meds today? M E D S, which is med- meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. And I'm like, you know, on, on top of obviously I need to like write some stuff, but you know, if I always keep asking myself every day, you know, take your meds today, go meditate five to 10. Well, since I'm still new at it, you know, five to 10 minutes to, to, to start, go, Go exercise, and plus after that, start di- keep your diet, and then get your good sleeps. And I've been seeing before. I, I I did not like to go to the gym, as you can probably tell. I didn't. I forced myself to go, but sometimes I I mentally am like, you know, I don't want to be here, and I leave early. But then I just keep putting in that meds thing, say, you know, meditate, then go, and then diet, and and then get get yourself a good sleep. And so far, I'm starting to realize, hey, I'm starting to have a little bit more energy. I feel a little bit more alive now because I wake up and I'm just like, oh, got it. It's a new day. I'm like, you know, let me let me wake up. Oh, it's, I'm don't want to go to the gym today. Well, that's fine. Still go meditate, but still also diet and still get a good sleep. And then I just reflect on while I'm meditating, and it's just kind of sitting down thinking. Meditate on um, the positives. Oh, I didn't go to exercise, but hey, I'm meditating today. That's still a positive. Oh, and plus, hey, you know you're you're not eating like crap today. That's a plus. And yeah, I I've been trying to incorporate stuff like that uh, with me too. And I, feel, I, like, I mean, so far I feel better. I mean, yeah, I mean, life life is truly so simple. But people make it complicated. Like going going back to our our previous conversation, people try to make things so complicated, but it's really not. Like if you incorporate those four things, you're gonna be happier. You're you're probably gonna make more money. You're gonna be in good shape. Like everything is gonna start working out better. And there's this one phrase that I really really love, and it goes something along the lines of the universe is a very giving place. If you do your genuine best every single day and you try your hardest, you exercise, you eat well, you have proper sleep and you meditate. If you do that and you try your genuine best, the universe will refuse to keep you at the very bottom. It's, it's, it'll be literally impossible for you to stay in misery. But what most people do is they say, well, I didn't feel like working out today or I didn't, I didn't feel like, like eating healthy. It's like, it doesn't matter whether you feel like it or not. It's, do you want the results or not? Mm-hmm. And that level of stoicism has, has really helped me out is, I mean, most days I don't want to work out, but then I tell myself, I, I said, okay, well, it does like, what matters more, my feelings towards working out in this moment or having the results that I want? Because if I don't put in the effort right now, Two years later, I'm still going to be miserable looking how I do. Mm-hmm. So what's more important? And that's why developing that discipline every single day, doing something 
every single day that makes you really uncomfortable. Like for me, it's doing cold showers every single morning. It's miserable. I don't like doing it. But immediately after, I feel like a winner because I said, I just did something that I didn't want to do. And and then that compounds over and over and over. Um, But, you know, you're right. It's it's completely simple. You do those four things, you're going to be happier. You're going to be more confident, more disciplined, healthier. You're probably going to make more money. And every aspect of your life improves. I mean, um, when I started doing that, I'm like, hey, this isn't as bad as what I thought it was. Not not saying it was going to be bad. I'm like, hey. I'm putting effort into this and realize, you know, it, it's not too, it's not as bad as I thought. And same with like, uh, with the whole mental self-discipline. I mean, I, I mean, cause I've watched, I don't know if you've seen the movie, uh, the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. With Will Smith. I decided just to, to watch that and you know, just watch what, what happened. Not only probably cry my eyes out, but also just just watch the character do what he did. Like he, he kept pushing forward no matter what the hell happened. This guy didn't quit no matter what was going on. He's, he was pushing and I just reflect back and say, I, 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 I gotta do that too. Like all the stuff that he went through and then he finally got, he finally was able to get a career where he was able to get out the hell hole he is. Like that's what I got to do to myself too with, um, with the businesses that I want to do. I can't just quit now. I got to keep going, no matter how hard it's gonna get. I got to keep going. Oh yes, I've I've gained so many weight, so much weight in the past couple months, and now you want to start exercising? Cool. Don't quit now because look what happened. Keep going. Like uh, what's that Newton's law of an object in motion stays in motion? Yeah. And that's and that's what I tell myself. Like, hey, just, re- just remember, don't stop now. Keep going. No matter, even if it's a little bit of push, you're still moving forward. No matter what happens, just keep going. Like when I first started the podcast back in July of last year, a month in, I'm like, ah, do I really want to keep doing this? I mean, not getting much, not really getting any plays, and not people. I keep getting denied. Do I really want to do it? It's mid-February and I'm still doing it. So I'm like, hey, I like talking to people. I like doing this. I got to keep going. I started this. Don't just quit now just because you keep telling yourself that. Keep going. And that's that's where I'm at. I mean, I got five people scheduled for the month. I'm like, that's that's better than when I first started. When I first started, I don't know if you've gone back to my old ones. I just talked. I did not know what to really do. I just talked. And I'm like, see, and I I just look back and I'm like, damn, my my schedule is filling up because I didn't quit. I kept going forward. And so it's just got to – and then with the audio books, I just listen to those. And I'm just starting to be happier than what I used to be because I'm starting to put in the effort. I'm starting to do the whole meds abbreviation and, I mean – so hope when I get into real estate, that that goes into the same thing of not quitting, starting it as thinking, no, I'm not good at it, but then saying, keep going, don't stop, and you'll you'll be further than what you are now. And yeah, that you know that whole like like you know the uh, objects that that 
are in motion, stay in motion is completely true. And you see, it, it just depends which way you want to go. Mm-hmm. Most people are, are, are on a downward spiral. Now, if, you, if ever you push a snowball down, it'll, it'll start picking up traction pretty quick. And next thing you know, you can't stop it from, from going downhill. But people don't realize that you can actually do that with an upward spiral. Like look at a rocket ship. If you put in just a little bit of fuel, it'll go up maybe two feet and then it'll fall back down and then blow up. But you have to go full out of it. You have to go full throttle and shoot upwards and not stop. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, eventually there's going to come a point where it'll just keep going on and on and on. Um, but you see, it's, there is that, that refractory period of if you have momentum going in that direction that you don't want to go, you have to stop that momentum and start going in the other direction. And that's what people really struggle with. And that's why discipline is so important is because your current identity, like, like what's like, let's say the old Marco who was just starting out his whole podcast journey, he was going in one direction that he didn't want to go in. Now that was his identity. So how he thought, how he felt, how he acted, um, his habits were pushing him in that direction. Now, in order for you to be where you are today and to continue going where you want to go, I don't know exactly what your whole vision is, mm-hmm. but you, that is going to be a different version of Marco. Like I'm sure who you are now is not going to be who you are going to be next year, like next February. I'm sure you would have evolved and you would have grown and you would have learned from different mistakes. But what you need is you need discipline because you're essentially killing off the old version of who you are. So we'll say if like for me, for example, um, there was a time where I just wasn't working out at all. Why? Because I didn't feel like it because my, like if I would go working out the old me like that was not an alignment. Like the version of Cody back then did not work out. So when he did work out, it would kind of be like a little alarm being like, Hey, we don't work out. Like, this is not what we do. We sit on the couch, we scroll on, on TikTok, etc. So when you start forming those new habits, you're essentially creating a new person and you're killing off the old version. So there's a lot of resistance now that's where discipline comes in because your feelings are going to pull you in the opposite direction. And that, and then that's when you have to be like, no, I don't care if I don't feel like doing this. I know consciously that I need to do this so I can get to my future goals or my future vision. So that's why it, to me, like discipline is absolutely fundamental. And if you have that and you never quit, like, like you were just saying, Marco, you will be successful. It just depends when. Mm-hmm. Because, um, and that's the thing, like people, uh, with like patience with, you know, if you keep pushing forward, like people can, because you and I can be saying all this just motivational stuff. And then people say, oh, I've been doing it for five years. I still don't see anything. So why should I keep going? I'm like, you've been going for five years. Keep going. Like you're fine. Yes, it's been five years. However, you're finding new things every every day. You're seeing new people every day. So now you're and everything changes. So keep putting. So you just obviously don't just try to go all in one straight line. There's gonna be bumps, and so just just even though you're going through all these bumps, keep doing a different route. Oh, this didn't this path didn't work out, or this way is not working out. Cool. Maybe just change your way a little bit. Like, oh, you've been doing podcasts for five years and you just don't see a growth. 
try something else. Like not don't, I'm not saying completely below the podcast Just maybe do a different scheduling, different type of scheduling, or maybe try finding different type of people, not just the same people you've been trying find something else. And then you'll start realizing you'll, you'll start finding other stuff to put and that it'll start going, like pushing forward. And that's how it is. That's how it's been so far with me of sometimes I, I, I don't have patience. I'm like, I just, I want it now. I, I want to have all this now, the studio lights, everything. But I'm like, you got to slow down. Uh, Joe Rogan, he, his first podcast episodes were what we're doing now. And look what he does now. Got to just slow down, go day by day. You're looking for the future, but just go day by day. And like my girlfriend, she struggles with, with being patient. And, but I, Try my best to tell her, go day by day. Yes, look into the future, but work work on it now so then the future can happen. Because if you just want it now and then you don't get it in a week and just quit, that next day could have probably been your stepping stone. Like yeah. just, just have patience. <laughs> yeah, big time. And also like what I have seen in my experience is people that keep pushing, but they don't get results is usually because of of a lack of reflection too. Like you can keep going on and on, but if you have too much of a tunnel vision, you can be hitting a wall and not realizing it or like a a door for example. So you're ramming into this door and you're making the same mistake. You're not making any growth over and over and over. And sometimes you have to take a step back and reflect on where you are, why you haven't been succeeding. And then you realize it's like, oh shit, there's a doorknob right here. But I was too focused on like pushing forward, pushing forward that I didn't bother to look down and see a damn door handle where I could have opened up my success three years ago. And that, that is one very big component, but that's why I'm such a big proponent of hiring a coach or hiring a mentor is because having a second brain not even telling you what to do, but just being able to like reframe things for you. Like that has been so fundamental for my success is having somebody who is helping me on my journey and seeing my situation in a different perspective. And, and a lot of times I'd be struggling with this or with a, a, a given issue. And then they're like, Oh, just like do this one thing. I'm like, Oh, the solution was right in front of my eyes but I wasn't realizing it. Like there's been so many times where the solution is literally right in front of my face, Marco, but it just took somebody else to be like, dude, the solution is right there. And you're like, Oh shit. Okay. There it is. And then boom, success. Uh, that's it's exactly how it is. When uh, let's say someone tells you, Hey, can you go grab, can you go grab my coat in the, in that, in the closet? And you're like, yeah, okay. You go find it. You're like, well, where the hell is it? And then like it was right here. You're like, yeah. Oh, the only blue coat in this in this uh closet that you told me to grab. That's kind of the same thing of you're you're too focused heavy to find it that you're not really looking. You're and like I said with the whole uh doorknob with you're trying to push forward with the closed door and person says, Do you don't there's there's a doorknob. You can just open that, right? And you're like, oh. You're right. I could. And because like, it's kind of like the, the, one of those things of like with the whole goal setting, you're fo- you put your energy on some, on that one goal 
that you're that you also have to realize to to make these smaller goals of your you were just your big focus was just going through that door of just trying to push through that door without really analyzing anything around it and realizing oh like i said with the whole doorknob thing you're like oh there's a doorknob and that with i want to get like a mentor uh but again i don't really know who to get with and ask because a i don't really talk to a lot of people i mean i'm just that type of person I, yes i have the podcast to talk to people but in person like but near me i don't really have anyone to talk to on that and even then um a lot of people that i do have can be just in a way of yes men which i don't want i don't even want to be like oh yeah just do that yeah just do that really and because no. then it's like well now you're not helping like, i i want someone i'm not saying not i don't want someone to just tell me all the negatives of my career like i see the negatives just i'm just struggling right now help me see a different help me just try to find a different way and how to reach that positive don't just destroy me with negatives and but don't but also don't be a yes man because be a yes man i'm never gonna never never gonna really feel accomplished because you're just saying yes because it's me okay yeah. like, yeah, yes just do it just do it and well and like that's why there's a difference between having a coach and having a mentor and having somebody who does a bit of both um see a mentor teaches you how to think but mm-hmm. a coach teaches you how to do Right. And I, I, I really believe that most people, they just need mentors because if you can teach somebody how to think and be very um, articulate with how they think and informing ideas, then that, that can have lifelong changes because you can, you could like, well, say if you wanted to do what I do, I could get on a, a very short call with you and I can be like, Marco, do this, 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 this. And that's it. And then you're going to sit there and look around. You're like, okay, cool. That doesn't really help me much. But then if I would be able to help you think the way that I think, if you were trying to get to what I was doing, Mm -hmm. then that would create a lifelong change because then that'll have a much greater impact. Um, So yeah, definitely having somebody who's just like, hey, do this, do that, do that. To me, is not very helpful whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, with you, um, where do you think would be a great place to find a mentor? Well, definitely, you know, I personally like dealing with people that I either know personally or that I have friends who know personally, mm-hmm. just because there's a much deeper connection. Like I would say, you know, look online. I obviously have a lot of connections, so that can be something that we can talk about after our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also what, what I do now. I will tell you how I found my, my first mentor. Um, my, my girlfriend had a best friend who was a coach. And so that's how I linked up with my first mentor. But then when I got my second one, it was literally through Instagram. I started following her, loved her content. And I thought that she would have something very valuable that I could learn from her. So I ended up working with her. But what I say to anybody who's looking for a coach or who's looking for a mentor is you need to first figure out what do you want to get out of this person? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't know what you want to get, like you can have two people who are business coaches. They're, they both specialize in the exact same thing, 
but you're going to get very different results based off of their style. Like to me, it, it, it's a bit of an art on how they teach what they teach, et cetera. Um, but for you personally, you know, we can talk about the, the, this after I, I know quite a few people in that industry, mm-hmm. but that's what I would say to like the person listening is you, you have to know what you want first and then you can help. And, and then once you know what you want, then you can find somebody um, online that'll basically fit that box pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like says, I know so it's on, same with like uh, when people go see therapists, uh, your sometimes your first one isn't going to be your greatest because they may not know you that well. Like they may not know your situation that well. And that's, and cause I, I've been wanting to try to find a mentor, but like I said, I mean, I have to find the right one. And again, I don't really know who to talk to. Cause I mean, I, the people that I follow other than them being a lot of like real estate people on Instagram, um, a lot of them, I won't say I have like huge, huge followings, but they have a pretty good size followings where if I want to message them, I feel like, Oh, they're not going to even see mine because they probably there's, they get probably more than DMS a day than I do every year. And so I'm and I know like on Facebook I've tried before and I've, to me, I've been trying to find, but I guess, you know, talking with you, you can probably hook me up with some connections, uh, finding yeah, someone. And like, what I would like to, to say on that note is if somebody is a coach or a mentor, even if they have a million followers, still message them because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that is what their profession is. Right. So now if I had a million followers, and somebody sent me a DM being like, Hey, um, I, I, I feel like I could really benefit from what you have to offer. I would still go out to help that person. Even if they weren't fully aligned with what I teach, I would make sure that they can get the help they need. Because at the end of the day, if the person is doing their work for the purpose of providing value and serving other people, they're going to make sure that they get to that result. Like, mm-hmm. for example, like when I first started building up my email list, I found somebody who I knew in person who did email marketing strategy. And so he basically gave me all of the, the advice for starting a successful email list. And then I told him, I said, hey, like, would you be open to coaching me to build this email list a lot bigger? And he said, well, personally, like, you're not my ideal client, but I'll give you all of this information for free. And then if you do want to work with somebody, I can hook you up with somebody who would be more aligned with you. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with that is they go on Instagram, they see this person with a large following, and then they just feel small and they feel unworthy. But what I would say is that like, that is just imposter syndrome. And that nine times out of 10, unless you're messaging like Rihanna or like Drake, they'll probably message you back. And if not, then it's either they just didn't see it or you won't even want to work with that person anyways because they're obviously not doing it for genuine reasons. Mm-hmm. I've heard about uh, imposter syndrome before. Uh, I haven't really... Maybe I've seen it and done it multiple times. 
could you like elaborate what that what imposter syndrome is? I said I've kind of heard about it, but I but I don't know. I still don't truly understand what that is. Yeah. So essentially, what imposter syndrome is is when somebody has a belief that they're not good enough to do a certain task. Mm-hmm. So essentially devaluing themselves because a, a lack of experience, a lack of following, whatever. So we'll say if you were starting out your podcast, right? So, so let's use you as, as a perfect example. You know, maybe when you first started out podcasting, um, or you know, no, 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 let's use me as an example, because this is something that I've experienced personally. Mm. So when I first started my podcast, um, before that I even released my, my first episode, it took me a while to actually, re- to actually release it because I was thinking to myself, like, who am I to be starting a podcast? Like, who would ever want to listen to me? Like, I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not Lewis Howes. Like, who am I to, to start a podcast? That's what imposter syndrome is. Thinking that you are not good enough to do a certain thing. But the, the thing is, is the reason why imposter syndrome is so important to know what it is, is because it's normal. Like if you do not feel imposter syndrome, you're probably a sociopath and you don't have emotions because whenever we start something new, we're obviously ignorant. We're lacking knowledge. So we should feel imposter syndrome. But the thing is that we shouldn't let it stop us. Mm -hmm. However, most people do let it stop them and then they never succeed because they're afraid of what people are going to think they're afraid that they're going to fail and that they're going to make themselves look stupid. So that is essentially what imposter syndrome is. I mean, that's how, I mean, obviously, like I said, everyone experienced it. I mean, I literally told you how that I experienced it last year when I first started the podcast. Um, Cause with the whole of, with, with how people will think, I mean, that's how I, that's how I am. Every, every episode I upload, I, part of me is, you know, I, you know, this is a good one. I hope it reached a lot of people. I hope a lot of people listen. And I get feedback. And then a part of me is like, oh, but now a lot of people are going to listen to it. Probably going to get a lot of feedback. And I'm going to probably like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing this. And I mean, I just, I literally every episode I do, I'm like, yeah. I want people to listen. I'm like, I don't know. I, I feel it like, is, like the, the, the thing is that it's completely normal. But you see, the things that most people don't talk about it, like, People like Joe Rogan, Lewis Howes, Gary Vee, a lot of people don't, don't talk about it. So you think that these people are all these like special people that you put up on, on pedestal. But I can tell you for certain right now that if somebody tells you they do, they do not experience imposter syndrome, even a little bit, they're either lying to you or they're a sociopath. Mm-hmm. There's only two options. But the, the thing is that people that have achieved a lot they just manage to suppress it and subsidize it. So when they do feel it, it's a familiar feeling and they push right past it. So it's a very short transition, but then people create such a big gap where now it's like, it's this really big leap. But once you make it once, it gets shorter and then twice and then three times and then four times until it's like, oh, I'm new at this. I'll probably fail a bit, but then very quickly, I'm able to make that that transition. Mm-hmm. And and the one other thing that has really helped me overcome imposter syndrome is shifting the focus from me to whoever I'm trying to help. Because imposter syndrome is 
selfish, essentially, because mm-hmm. you are thinking that all of the focus is going to be on you and people are, gonna, are going to judge you. But in reality, the person who's going to judge you the most is yourself, right? So if we can shift the focus, like when I, when I post content or when I make a podcast, I just think, how can I serve to the highest degree or how much impact can I have right now? And once it's on them, all of that pressure gets off of my shoulders and then everything becomes so much more effortless. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's like I struggle with imposter hard. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really know why it's, why I have it so bad though. Like, you know, like I know like, Here's what I would like. Here, here's what I would say. Um, because I used to have a lot of imposter syndrome and lack a lot of confidence, it really goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Marco, about writing down your wins. Mm-hmm. It, because confidence at its core is the trust you have in you and your abilities. So if you lack confidence, you're probably not going to... Uh, be very confident in like doing other things, which is going to lead to imposter syndrome. But again, first of all, it's completely normal. Every human experiences it to a varying degrees. Mm-hmm. So how I overcame a lot of that imposter syndrome when I start a new podcast or when I do anything is building up my own self-confidence. So then when I start writing down those wins, then you start seeing yourself as a winner, nothing externally in your life changed, but everything inside changed. And mm-hmm. now you're like, I'm a winner. You know, I did this, I did that. And then when you do start feeling imposter syndrome, it's so much less bad because you see yourself as a winner. So that's, but again, like it is a continuous thing. Like if I don't do it for a week, that, that imposter syndrome starts creeping a little bit more and more. So it's not one of those things where you do a bit of mindset work for two weeks and then you're perfect. Like it takes daily effort every single day and there are times where if I don't meditate in a day, I can feel it. I just feel a bit gross. Like it, it's almost like if you don't brush your, your teeth, you know, it's like if you don't do it for a day, you're fine maybe. But by like day two, you're like, I feel gross, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the exact same thing with mindset work and developing more confidence and, and, and discipline. But that's what I would say, like not only for you, but for everybody, like every human needs to be doing this work. It's just like exercising. Like everybody's, I mean, not, not, not everybody, but everybody knows that they should be exercising, whether they do it or not. But why don't we have that same notion about, medita- uh, about meditating, about doing daily affirmations, about raising your self-worth? It's equally, if not more important, because everything comes from the inside anyways. So if you want external change, you should be doing that internal work every single day. And once you do that, then everything outside of your life is going to be so much better. How do you, how can I improve my uh, confidence? Then? Cause my confidence is shit. I, something I do really need to improve on. And how do you think I can improve on that? To improve my confidence. I, I touched a lot about it on my book. It's called, um, becoming unwaveringly confident mm-hmm. but what i would say just to like summarize um everything in in that book is 
you have to do the things that make you afraid. Mm -hmm. So for me, I had a lot of social anxiety, like really bad to the point where I could not go in a large social gathering without feeling like I I was going to have a heart attack. Like it was that bad. But what I started realizing was, okay, so if going in large social gatherings makes me uncomfortable, makes me socially anxious what do i have to do i have to do that i have to repeat that experience over and over until my brain realizes that you don't have to be afraid of that situation so there's two things so there's you have to first identify what you are afraid of if there is any major points and then tackle them head on but in terms of internal work you have to shift your perception and your identity of yourself and so a lot of that is meditating just simple calming the mind is fundamental for anything Mm. and then once you can do that doing those like um uh win uh, exercises like every single evening write down all of your wins and that i would say is by far the best exercise Mm. because you do that for two weeks and your internal dialogue is going to start shifting Mm-hmm. And you're going to start being like, I'm a winner. And then once you start telling yourself that over and over and over, and you wake up in, in the morning and your first thought is, I'm a fucking winner. Then all of a sudden, like, like you're just becoming more, more confident. So I would say that, like, just to really keep it simple, mm-hmm. is write down your wins every single day, meditate. And if there is something that is making you very fearful, tackle it like in very small increments over and over and over. And within a two to three week period, you're going to see dramatic results. I love that. I'll, I'll start writing those down and hell I might even look at your book. I know yeah. I did see you post it on your story um, on your Instagram story. Like yeah, a good I couple of minutes before we started. Yeah, I I just reposted the the link because somebody somebody messaged me saying saying how much he he liked it. So I just dropped the link below. It's it's free of charge. Um, it's it's just one of those things. It's you know like it really ties back into like why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. It's just realizing that it's everybody struggles. Like everybody has something that they're struggling with. Like nobody's perfect. People are just really good at, at suppressing it. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's so important to take the knowledge that I know mm-hmm. and to share it with people um, in as many ways as possible. Because I, I, I do truly believe that if people can be the best version of themselves and be on the path of, of ever growing and ever becoming a better version of themselves, mm-hmm. every aspect of life and the world is going to be far better. I mean, hell, I'm, I'm glad I was able to, I mean, find someone like you that I'm able to talk to, talk about this type of stuff with, and then not only, you know, creating your own book that like, such, I will check out, um, you know, I guess that the whole poly work did, did work out, but oh, yeah, well, see, <laughs> and like, that's why, that's why I love podcasting so much is because you get to talk to so many diverse people. You know what I mean? And it really expands your mind on what's possible because once you start realizing how deep that common phrase goes, like you are the sum of the the five people that you surround yourself with the most, Mm -hmm. once you can internalize that, 
you start realizing how powerful it is. Like imagine you only bring on, let's use monetary goals for an example, because everybody can really relate with it. Let's say for the next two months, every single week, you only speak to people that are making a million dollars and above. After that month or after those two months, your mindset's going to be different because they're going to tell you things and they're going to say words that you have never heard before and they're going to expand your mind. And then all of a sudden, over time, you start adopting those traits and those mindsets. And yeah, and and, and also just having genuine conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I feel like the whole podcasting industry has gone so popular is because now that that knowledge has come down to everybody and it's, it's easy to access, it's free and it's personable. Mm-hmm. And that's why, um, as much as, you know, I said, I have social anxiety. I mean, I get nervous to talk to people. I get scared to talk to people. And I, to beat that, I said, I, let me do a podcast because when I am engaged with someone, I don't shut the fuck up. Like I, I, I talk and I'm like, I, I start podcast to to help with my social anxiety and that and I just keep doing it and then you know meeting new people and I'm like hey I they get to teach me I get to learn from them and still talk to them and see what they're doing and just just finally start saying you know what are they doing and then in person with uh with a real estate uh, office that I go to every Thursday since they've invited me, I'm there and I'm like, damn, I'm with like-minded people that want to do what I do. And I feel different there. I'm like, damn, like I, when they invited me to some place to go see an office building, this other agent had, I'm like, dang, I'm with other people that I've, that want that do the, what I want to do. Uh, and I, and I felt good there. I'm like, damn, I feel this is what I want. Like, this is, who I should be uh, surrounding myself with. Like obviously not just always those people. I can find other people that can have are like-minded, just different career. But even then I'm like, I, no, I like this. I, this is, I, I like finding people like that. And that's why, you know, with using poly work and finding people, you know, again, like yourself, I'm like, I not only could I probably get connections with you, and, or whatever, just talking like this and finding ways that can still help me when I'm with them again. I can, you know, be with them more and hopefully starts this truly starts helping me out in the end. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like that is the quickest way to create a new reality, like whether you want to call it manifestation or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. is putting yourself in a new environment where you want to be. So if you want to do real estate, surround yourself with other realtors or go to real real estate conferences, because what happens is there's an energetic transfer that, that happens. And then, so if you're perspicacious enough and you can pay attention to how these people talk, how they carry themselves, how they think, how they dress, Soon you're going to start ad- adopting those traits and then you're, you will eventually become like them. And that also includes financially that includes every aspect. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why like to me, if I want to create something and I want it done quick, 
I go where those people are. That's why so many people, when they want to become actors or actresses, where do they go? They get, they go to Los Angeles. Why? Because yeah. that's, that's the environment you're in. Like it's, it's, it's really s- simple to create change once you know all of these basic things. Um, and when you do that, like now you know the feeling associated with being in that real estate environment. Like you've, you've experienced it personally for a bit. So you know how it feels. And now that you know how it feels, you can amplify that, that emotion and that feeling. And then slowly but surely you're going to move in, into that reality until it goes from your intellectual thoughts down into your, your subconscious feelings. And the next thing you know, you're a real estate agent doing what you love and everything that, that you, that, that you've wanted intellectually has moved in, into form. And that's, and that's how it was. And I got a little bit emotional. I call my girlfriend a little bit emotional, even though it's something that probably a lot of people be like, what, why'd you get emotional? But just to me, it was, I've, always watched videos i obviously haven't passed the test yet but even just studying i'm like oh you know getting to actually be in those scenarios that the test is actually acts i can't speak asking me that'd be kind of cool and then being in that scenario checking out an office building and doing everything i was like wow this this seems kind of like a reality and i just got a little bit emotional i'm like I used to just always watch these videos and listen to a podcast or listen to just other people speak or to the offices, just hear them talk about this one house that they found or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's, I'm listening to it, but I'm not there. Then getting the opportunity to be with them, I'm like, wow, this, this is cool. This is, this is happening. And same with, I mean, with getting guests in my, in my very first, not very first, my first couple of episodes, I was always like, oh, I don't have a guest. I don't have a guest. And I decided to join Polywork. And then I had my first real guest. I'm like, oh, wow, this, I have a guest. Holy shit. This, this is happening. And then just more and more, I'm like, holy crap. I actually have guests that aren't people that I know. They're basically complete strangers. Yet I never would have thought. I would I would be talking to these people because I always just told myself, oh yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be cool to have someone else to talk to. But now that I'm doing it, I'm like, holy shit, it's yeah. cool. Mm. Exactly, yeah, man. And like that's why it's like whatever you want. Like if you want a Ferrari, go to the dealership, sit in one of them, smell it. Like just like like put yourself in that environment. Like feel it. You know. Or like in, in my case, like when I wanted to start traveling, I just went on a short solo trip and I felt what it was like to be a full-time traveler and to live that, that kind of lifestyle. So when I went back home, it was absolutely impossible for me to forget that experience. And it was so fresh and so solid in my mind that now, and the only thing that I could think about was traveling, was becoming an entrepreneur. Um, and then eventually, after a short period of time, it all moved into form. But you need to be courageous enough to go in those environments and experience a bit of that imposter syndrome at first, um, but quickly push past it. And then you'll realize, like, you know, there's this really good quote, actually, that my girlfriend left here. I want to read it. I, I was reading this right right before we started our, our podcast. Mm-hmm. So 
the quote goes, uh, it's by Mark Anderson. And it goes, Mark the world is a very malleable place. If you know what you want and you go for it with max energy, drive, and passion, the world will often reconfigure itself around you much more quickly and easily than you would ever think. And that shit's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's why that's with, you know, when having to try to change my thoughts when when they were negative to trying to get into positive, I'm like, you know, I would be, the world would start going much better for me if I start, stop thinking so damn negatively. Like, yes, I know those are my flaws, but if I just keep thinking of that, I'm just going to be in the same, the same world. And let me, I need to start changing my mindset to have a better, just life. Like I, I obviously I want to be happy, but I keep thinking negatively. If I keep doing that, I'm going to be miserable. Let, I, let me start changing stuff up and you know, I'll, I'll start realizing, hey, you know, yes, this happened. But now, like when I had the opportunity one day to sit in a Tesla, I was like, I never would have thought this would happen. I had an opportunity to sit in one and drive in one. I'm like, holy crap. Because I... I decided, you know, stop just being so negative and never thinking you would have it. Thinking, just imagine yourself having it and start trying to shoot for that. I, I was in one. I'm like, holy crap, this is nice. And I mean, that's. I, it, it, it really is like amazing how quickly those things can start going and how I like to, to, to paint the, the picture of that is, you know, imagine your mind is a garden and you have flowers and then you have weeds. It's kind of like scattered around, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the thoughts we think project what we want into the, the universe or into our garden. So we'll say if you're thinking negative thoughts, so you're planting all these negative seeds everywhere, mm-hmm. but then, Imagine your uh, your garden water hose being your attention, being your focus. And mm-hmm. what's coming out of that is your feelings. So imagine you plant a few good seeds, but then mostly bad seeds, and you're just watering the really bad ones. And you're just focusing on the bad ones. What do you think is going to grow? Only the bad seeds. And that's why I really like to think of my, my attention, my energetic focus as a water hose. Mm -hmm. Because if if you can think about it it, in that way, then you can quickly shift and say, okay, well, if I keep putting attention on these negative things, that'll grow. But Mm -hmm. if I put it towards abundant thoughts, positive thoughts, that will eventually grow. So it's mostly about choosing which seeds you want to plant and putting all of your energy into it. I like that. Which I like it that. is easier said than done, obviously, but your attention is a muscle. And that's why things like TikTok, things like the news are so negative. I mean, like, look at all those like damn UFOs. They shot like four down this past mm-hmm. week. People are just talking about oh, UFOs, five balloons, aliens, all of that shit. Well, now you're putting your, your damn attention your your garden hose on all these aliens all these 
you know, spy ships, et cetera. And that energy gets taken away from your goals. And that's why if I can tell anybody, they want to start progressing in their life and they want to start seeing real results a hell of a lot quicker, delete TikTok, delete Instagram, or at least create content and don't consume it. Mm-hmm. You're going to realize how much more focused you, you can be. And once you're really focused and that focus is placed on your goals and improving every single day, things are going to start happening so much quicker. And that's how sometimes it is. I, I use TikTok max, maybe 30 minutes, not even a day, 30 minutes here and there. Uh, because not only a, do I know how addictive it is? I'm more of a YouTube person, but even then I've realized how addictive YouTube can get too. And I'm like, I can't, I can't get, cons- I can't let that immediate consume me because then I'm just going to stay in the same place. I'm going to watch it and then just have all these thoughts of, Oh, that looks nice. I want it, but I just keep watching it instead of doing it, put the phone down. Like when I do, when I study, when I do a podcast, whatever, sometimes I'll have the phone if I'm waiting for a text from my girlfriend or, or have to look up information. But 99% of the time I'll put it in the charger or I'll just throw it on the couch and say, don't look at it. You are doing what you are doing. And sometimes when I have a busy day, I'll be like, oh, I haven't even watched YouTube all day and it's five o'clock. Don't really, don't really feel like watching anything today because I'm so focused on what I'm doing or I haven't even opened TikTok. My girlfriend sent me five TikToks already and she asked me if I've opened them. She sent me that three days ago and I haven't even opened that app in three days. I'm like, like, like I've as much as like, you know, if yes, I watch uh, TikTok to for the concept, but also to learn. Same with YouTube because with stuff that I want to do, I I want to do that too. But I I try my best to remove a lot of a, a lot of those distractions away because I'm like I'm focused on what I want to do. Yes, I'll watch this content later, but for right now, I'm I'm focused on what I want to do because I need to. I I can't let that consume me. Because that's why I don't pay attention to any anything news, it like especially like politics. I don't I don't watch that. I don't listen to it. I'm like, a, I don't care. B, I'm not I'm not gonna let that consume me. Like I'm not gonna start listening to both sides and and then just scream one thing. Like I don't care. Let that. I'll, I'll let other people handle that. That's not me. I'm not I'm not worried about that. I'm just focusing on what I'm doing, and that's what and that's what I'm going to do i don't care about what others are what others are talking about i'm focusing on what i want to do yeah yeah and man that's like that's a big part of it nowadays is creating that gap between social media and real life and once you can create a large gap between those two and separate them Mm -hmm. it just becomes so much easier you don't have all that all of that conflicting um, nonsense going on in your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's because I know my girlfriend, we did, she did have a talk with me with having a little bit, putting kind of like my energy a little bit away from her. And, you know, I've, and sometimes I do look back. I'm like, yeah, I am focusing a lot on this because that's what I want to do. But I can also just take a little bit of chunk of that energy to her because you know, I am with her. She also wants to see me grow. I want to see her grow. Um, uh, 
yes, I can put all this energy into that, but I can also put some energy into her. Cause then at some point she thinks I'm not putting anything in any energy on her. We break up and then I just go back down. Cause then I'm like, well, damn now when I want someone, I don't have it. I don't have that person when I need someone. And then I just go back downhill and that's not what I, what I want to do. And Cause I know some people would be like, eh, she was a distraction. I'll just keep pushing forward and which I can do too. But I'm like, just wait until a day hits you and you're like, man, I wish I could, I, I wish I could just be talking to someone now, be cuddled up with someone. It's like, Oh yeah, that's right. I don't, I don't. And yeah. Well, like but, the one thing, the one thing most guys don't realize is that women are insanely powerful. And what I mean by that is, you know, the, the one thing that I, the, that I heard, which really resonated in terms of like describing what women's superpowers are, mm-hmm. is that they are multipliers. Mm-hmm. Right? If you give a woman shit, be prepared because you are going to get so much shit that you cannot even fathom. Like, again, but then if you give her sperm, she'll give you a baby. Mm-hmm. If you, Give her food, she'll give you a meal. If you give her a house, she'll give you a home. That's not my quote. That's a quote that I heard from some other person. But it is really true. Like, they really make life so much better. And what I feel like a lot of people are doing is they're trying to just, like, you know, push them away or trying to be like, well, I can do everything by myself. But if you put that energy investment in, like, I mean, not only relationships, but any relationship, whether it's a business relationship, an intimate relationship, they're all of a value exchange. So if you can provide value to a woman in the best ways possible, she'll mm-hmm. make your life better tenfold. Like for example, my relationship with my girlfriend, I mean, it is so good. And I don't want to brag, but we don't even fight. We, we have never had in our year and a half of being together, had a fight where we didn't even want to speak to each other. But it's because we understand that it's a value exchange. So we have to continuously give each other value. And once we can do that, our lives just become so much better. And then you have two positive energies and they collide. And then you have even more positive energy. So it's even more than a double multiplier. It's like a triple four times and over. And I feel like if guys can truly realize that and start putting that kind of emotional investment into their partner's their life is going to get so much better. All right. Because if, if you can water it, if you can water them, like help them grow, they're going to help you grow the same. And that's where the whole power couples come in. And you, you'll realize not only are you happy in life, everything's getting set into place, but then you're also happy with, with basically the love of your life and you're seeing them be successful too. And then, then you can people see that and they can learn from that or they could uh, see you guys as role models, especially in, in sometimes as family, you know, in your family circle. And oh, that's, that's, you know, it's kind of on a, when, when she talked to me, I'm like, you know, she's right. I mean, I'm not going to drop it. I'm not going to de- uh, remove a lot of my energy towards it. Just, take some of that still on her because at the end of the day, when I close down this computer and shut off my phone, she's right here, right next to me. And that's my time with her. And, and, you know, 
Cause, he, Cause then I also realized, you know, I, even though, um, when with a lot of my financial struggles with when my, like I said, when my mindset just wasn't in the right place, she has been there for me. And so like, so don't, so don't just say, ah, I kind of like in a way see it like I used her and say, ah, okay, now focus my energy towards somewhere else. It's like, no, she helped you. Like, don't, still uh, put energy with uh, towards her because you know, she did help you and don't just say okay she she, she helped me but whatever you know kind of like you know what i mean like that's, yeah yeah well and and that's why like so many relationships are failing nowadays is because people just aren't giving value like they're just not putting in the effort and then they wonder, you know, 10 years later, why are they divorced? Well, because they just started coexisting. Because mm-hmm. like when you, when you start a new relationship, it's like, well, you're always massaging each other. You're always like communicating. Like there's such a coherent exchange of value. But then eventually it's like start nagging each other. And then, oh, you haven't done this for me or we're not spending time together. It's because those ties are slowly getting severed and people are becoming complacent. And that's why like to have a truly flourishing relationship, you have to be able to just consciously work on the relationship every single day. Just like how you, you know, we, we work on, on ourselves every single day. We have to also work on our relationship every single day. And if you can do that and you can communicate through minor challenges as they show up and not suppress them, mm-hmm. then you realize it's like, oh shit, like we haven't fought in years. Why? Well, it's because if there was a little, little argument that was e- irrelevant, it got dealt with right away because people communicated. Mm-hmm. And with, and that's what we talk about too with communication. We're like, we, if something's going on, let's talk about it. Let's not just put uh, hold it because you know we don't want it to where it starts escalating to the point where a huge major fight happens and then. No, we have to split. It's like if something's going on. Let's talk about it. Let's communicate about it because that's one of the biggest keys in a relationship. Really, I mean, with a lot of things too. It's like you have to have communications. If you don't have communication, more than likely it's 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 gonna fail. And like oh, I said, yeah. that's where a lot of divorce happens because the communication just starts dying down, and then one side starts thinking, "Oh, they don't love me anymore." Yada yada yada, and. Then you try to build back up, but then that that energy is just not there anymore, and they're like, "Yeah, no, I can't do it. You're not the same what I what you were before, and mm-hmm. or something." And yeah, I mean, but definitely. but but thank you for coming back on. Definitely, man. Yeah, no, we we had a really good conversation last time, and again, I I just always love you know getting on a podcast and just talking with people, keeping it un, unscripted, and just seeing where it goes and to me it's like that's where we can have the most value is just showing up and having a genuine wholesome conversation and see where it'll eventually take us yeah i mean we talked about a lot of things i mean i don't even know what time we started and it's almost 2 30 yeah 2 30 where i'm at so yeah so i i think we started at, at two so about two about an hour and a half ish not bad well, well yeah that's not bad and um, but like yours will drop this sunday um again thank you for coming on and 
I mean, yeah, like how you said, um, shoot me with those connections that you have with the with the mentors and whatnot, and yeah. or we we could just stay on after uh, after I uh, get, get done with recording. Yeah, I can go ahead and do that. I mean, anything you'd like to say before I hit the the stop recording? Ooh, good question. I would just honestly like quickly tie back to. Um, write down your wins. Like if whoever's listening is lacking from confidence mm-hmm. or wants to become more confident, get rid of imposter syndrome or just change their overall identity in a positive way, take a sheet of paper and every single evening before you go to bed, write down five to 10 wins and really lower your standard. Like even if you just showered, write it down and do it for at least like I would say 14 days, do it for 14 days and see what kind of impact it has on your life. Mm. Just try it out. All righty. Thank Thank you. But everyone, Cody. And like I said, I will, yours will be up this Sunday. Thank so. you very much, Marco. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on too.